The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Good morning, good afternoon, depending on whether you're listening to us live or you're listening to us on the podcast. This is Ben Vigins as the Deadline Reports, courtesy of Fresh FM, the greatest little radio station in the South Island of New Zealand and probably the known universes. Uh, I haven't been to all the known universes, but I'm, I'm guessing it, I, it would be because it's a pretty damn good radio station. My special guest today is Dean Raybold, and we're going to be talking about all sorts of topics, but the general gist of what we're talking about is the power of art and activism, and maybe making a few comments about where we are with the kind of activism, you know, where, I mean, me and Dean are both Generation X, you know, we're, we're the hand solo cool uh, generation opposed, opposed to the uh, whiny um, Luke Skywalker millennial or the um, depressing boomers of Obi-Wan. So we were in the generation of work hard, play hard, party hard, activise hard. Dean, like just, just give it to me before we get into that, you just want to give us a little bit of a recap about what your journey is art-wise in terms of where you've come from and where you are right now within maybe you know 15 seconds or less. Sure. Um, no, pre- no pressure. Well, well um, I started doing art straight out of high school in Australia. Um, working sort of after after school hours in a little art studio, commercial art studio, just doing um, little illustrations for ads for newspapers and brochures and stuff like that. And this was back before computers, so it was all hand hand set type and well hand set. You mean back you know, in the day when we do our own thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to draw everything in blue pencil and then yeah. photograph it. You know, before computers. Um, yeah, there wasn't any AI. <laughs> <laughs> There wasn't any, um, there wasn't any internet. Then, yeah. I, I kind of went from that into working in some other students and then decided to go freelance. And that sort of included doing T-shirt design and anything illustration-wise, really. And I only came to painting um, later on after I moved back to New Zealand. Um, so just recap there, because actually you've got me by surprise. So are you originally a Kiwi that went to Australia and then came back? Yeah, I moved oh, over well. with my family. I always, thought, I you, I always thought you were a natural-born kangaroo. No, no, no. I only sound Australian if I drink beer, oh, strangely <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, no, no, I came back, you know, late 20s. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, um, and then tried to um, get my old New Zealand accent back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you <laughs> came back to, did you come back to Nelson at that point? Yeah, yeah. It was a toss-up between um, um, Nelson or... Um, up in the North Island, so somewhere but the South Island won easily. Yeah, you know. And so when you come um, back, you, you, I guess what, what time frame are we talking here? Uh you mean year? Yeah, probably probably uh, late not early early two thousands, I think, so, or late nineties. So, yeah, early early two thousands. Zippies yeah. was still in its heyday. Zippies. You know? So that's what the reason why I was asking was because you're sort of back then, back then when counterculture was counterculture, and the fringe movement was actually. Uh, left wing and, and it was you know anti corporate and it was anti the idea yeah. of too body anybody having too much power and and very much pro the idea that people should actually have um, you know a right to express their ideas. Yeah, oh definitely, definitely. I I um, before I came back, you know, I was in Queensland and, and you know I saw quite a lot of it was under Job Jockey Peterson. Ah, Bill, what a premier, kind of man! You know, Uber premier <laughs> and and uh, the laws they had there were quite draconian and one you know not being able to gather in groups of three people on a street, mm. you know, things like that if you, if you looked undesirable. But um, so coming back to New Zealand was quite good because it was none of that sort of, um, you know. A great big breath of fresh air. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty well. Um, yeah, and I think, and there was, and I think Nelson was great because yeah. they had, you know, there was some really good punk bands happening, and there's people doing sort of political art and stuff here and there, you know, which kind of goes hand in hand with the punk thing. Anyway. Well, I, I, I just, I just want to hold you that point because, like, you know, at that mm. point in two thousand, uh, and maybe a little bit earlier, but in that same time frame, I mean, you've got, you've got. Uh, Cartoonists like Trace Hodgkins drawing stuff for the listener, very, very yeah, political. Trace's stuff is fantastic. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Evan Eva yeah. Malcolms was another great cartoonist for that particular area. You yeah, had, and then Nelson, you had the artery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I was an art core member. That was a brilliant place. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. music totally. and there's artists upstairs in the studios fermenting. And a, real, and a real collaboration, and it wasn't really too much. You, you, be, be, we all had common denomination. I mean, we all had slightly different political spectrums, but we really were like, hey, we want to make sure that we don't have an, a country that's ruled by corporations, and we don't want to have a country that's full of nuclear missiles, and we want a country where we're not having, having to eat, be soaked in pesticides, and we're not soaked in, uh, basically, corporations saying, trust our science, you know, just like smoking. Yeah. I'm just smoking is good for you. All the doctors do it. <laughs> And I think at that time too, there was still the leftover from you know the the um, banned nuclear sort of ships and stuff. Yeah, yeah. happening in through the eighties and stuff, and they still I think New Zealanders still actually believed in it. But nowadays, you don't even hear about well, it. Well, so. I've just the show that which we, which which actually is played the week before this one is literally about the fact that you know we are you know we're we are never being so close to nuclear annihilation, and yet we have a peace movement that's instead of talking about peace, it's talking about oh we believe that this side's better than the other side, and it's all and the, and the, and the political the the peace movements that are actually controlled basically by political parties that are really being quite obnoxious and cynical yeah. in that they're exploiting these purposes to get votes. Yeah. And the divide and rule. Yeah, yeah, totally. Know, which is going on. So much division. And there's, um, I mean, it's amazing seeing the current marches in places like London for Palestine mm. and stuff, because that's a lot of people. But, I mean, I, mean I, I, I totally agree. But again, it's like, you know, if you take it from the New Zealand viewpoint was, we mm. had a Labour government where, where the the and I'm putting my fingers in quotations, but where the the left was going, we support uh, base. We we we're against Russia invading the Ukraine, and, and which means basically we're supporting the Israeli uh, American military industrial complex. And now that the government's changed, they've changed their tune, and they're like, oh, you know, we support Palestine. So so now you're against the Israeli US. So can you make up your minds? Because this is you know this is the thing is you're not doing the same. Actually, we just actually want to denounce war full stop. The yeah. as I said, they're batting the issues to get votes, and that's what's really you know, and and they're going to do it at the cost of our, our entire planet's life. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing that's I've always said this to people. You know, they go on about climate crisis and everything, um, but no one ever brings up the impact of the military industrial complex and no. how much pollution they produce and how much waste you know well, that's never, it. How, never how, how, how exactly do you stop climate change when you've got you know literally an armada of planes flying into europe with nuclear weapons? Yeah, nothing says climate change like a thermonuclear detonation Where yeah, does absolutely. the arts come into this? That's going to block out the sun for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, in the eighties, I started get, became on board with um, sort of punk music and mm. stuff. And the second wave of punk from the UK mainly, sort sort of bands like uh, Killing Joke, Public Image Limited, Gang of Four, stuff like that, and and also a lot of the um, early hardcore stuff out of America, so um, Black Flag, Circle Jerks, stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot of those bands are extremely political. I mean, and like 
sub sub humans from the UK are fantastic. You know, they've got amazing ethics and and the stuff that they can talk about. And bands like Discharge, Discharge and Crass, yeah. And and you know, they were the whole package because they not only come with these ideologies about you know making society the place usually. The, if you bought their records, so incredible, you know, just full of artwork and ideas and stuff. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. That influenced me heaps, you know, and and probably still. I'm going. I'm going to take a little bit of a break and play one of the recommended tunes. And I, in fact, I'll ask you a little bit about that. But I just, just very quickly want to slip in that thing of you're right. You'd you'd buy the music, you'd listen to the music, you'd have this art that would be sometimes a poster that you'd be walking past your hallway every day, and it meant that you were looking at ideas instead of being an idea that you scrolled over and went to the next eye and then promptly forgot it when the when the crisis changed from crisis to crisis. These things yeah. actually really got deep into your soul and made people deep thinkers and that's kind of what we're lacking really isn't it yeah well i mean a band like crass was amazing really you know and there's some great books on them and and how they sort of you know if anything they were probably more of a community group or movement than a band yeah yeah you know? so even the people and, like devo were another example like you know they, they weren't just there for the music they were an yeah, entire coming statement. from another angle Hey, saying, um, saying a lot of the same stuff, but from a different different way. You know? I, I thought we might go with uh, one of the recommendations you came up with today was Walkman in the New Year Discharge, State Violence. Um, in 60 seconds or less, do you want to tell us a little bit of reason about why you picked that particular tune today? Oh, which one? The Discharge one or the Walkman one? Oh, sorry. Okay, so the, it's the Walkman in the New Year. I'll read it again. The Walkman in the New Year. Uh, um, this is a dyslexic yeah, pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> I picked them because... I honestly think, and I've listened to a lot of music and still do, and I don't just listen to old music, you know, I try and find new stuff all the time. But um, I honestly think the Walkmen are one of the most underrated bands from the last couple of decades, probably. Great band, fantastic singer, you know, um, really interesting records. I can't really say what genre they are, but they're definitely a guitar band, but um, just really, really good records, well worth hunting out. I, I, I just like the bit. idea that it's called Walkman, which again goes back to technology before all our ideas were being controlled by the algorithm and all our thinking was actually fed to us by automated machines. You know, yep. It made you actually step outside and think about something a little bit outside your circle. So let's go yep. with, tell me if I've got this right, Walkman in the New Year. Is that right? Yeah. All right. All right, we'll take a little bit of a break, and this is Dean Raybold, artist extraordinaire, formerly of Golden Bay, now living in Omaru, and the Ben Virgin on the Deadline Report, courtesy of Fresh FM.
It's a point of pride And it's louder than lightning In this You're on the Deadline Report with Ben Vigin, special guest at the artist extraordinaire Dean Rainbold. Not just an artist, but a musician and a satirist as well. Um, I've actually done a lot of collaboration with uh, Dean because words are all very well and well and um, fine, uh, but sometimes a picture does say say a million words. And Dean, you have a wonderful way of capturing the absurd and making us laugh at ourselves. And you know, I guess your trademark has always been these sort of uh, you know things like the Dangerous Cafe and Golden Bay, where you have got these birds and you know little animals, but they've got these little you know really quirky little statements. Where, where is the relationship between art and satire? Like, how does how do they mesh to each other, and, and, and what what is their their ballistical impact? Um. I think, I think, I've always never really thought of myself as an artist, really. Well, an illustrator, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The terminology doesn't matter. I mean, um, I've never thought of it as a precious thing or anything special. I've just thought of it as craft that you mm. do. It's like a job, you know. And um, and in a way, using satire and especially humour, um, or what I think is humour, <laughs> um, is a way of diffusing that whole snobby sort of, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. 
elitist side of art. And it's a good way to get messages across, too. I mean, no one wants to be preached at, no. especially about political things and stuff. But if you can use humour, you get under people's radar. Well, it, you know, it, it, you pops, sneak, the t- it pops the tension. So instead of people, going, when you hear something and you're talking to them, like, you know, in the way I do, I'm, you know, I'm one of the world's most obnoxious people out there, and people just get more <laughs> tense because I'm, I'm, I'm hurting their brain. But when you say it and with a joke and everyone likes, has a little laugh, they kind of go, ah. And then once they're breathing in, they're kind of a little bit more open to taking the new ideas, maybe? Well, I mean, you were, you were saying earlier, you know, that we're, oh, Gen X, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we, we grew up, we grew up with, you know, television that was full of satire, like yeah, yeah. goodies, you know, the young ones, stuff like that. And it was pretty irreverent and, you know, pretty funny. And and I think they take on a lot of social things and stuff like that. Well, I think they and, also and very it, powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you go back and look at them now and, you know, you see stuff that you didn't actually see then. Oh, yeah. And you go, well, well they were really sort of, you know, sneaky stuff then. <laughs> well, it's like when, and, when you're watching the, the Monty Python skit about the architectures and really what they're talking about is city developers building these death traps and, you know, they literally the building's like, and at the time you're like, you're laughing because you think it's a bit funny, but then you look back and you look at the things like Grenfell Fire and you start going, oh, actually they were talking about something quite deadly serious. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and yeah. also, I mean, the thing I find is that when you tell a joke, and people, you know, first of all, they see the nice pretty pictures and they go, oh, that's quite funny. But when you tell a joke, what you really do is you rip the mask off the narcissist. And, and of all the weapons that are out there, it's the thing that they actually hate and fear the most. And that's why what I think is very important with what you're doing, because you're part of something that's, there aren't many people like you left. And when you actually look at, you start to do the countdown, you're going, we no longer have a week of it. We no longer have the younger ones. We, we, don't, we have no, no, Nothing like um, uh, the, the black adder. We have nothing in there which not only lampoosts the system but educates people into understanding how the system cons and actually divides and polarises us. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I can think of possibly now is maybe South Park. <laughs> well, yeah, but, and, and, what, and what a powerful tool that actually is. I mean, yeah. they, I mean they I were able to get away of crossing so many taboos literally for, for using the, 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 the medium of, of lampooning. Which is which is crazy because um you know you'd think it would have got um uh, sort of more you know more stuff like the older things because because it's easy to make stuff now and yeah. you can make it pretty cheaply you know same as music same as art but but in a way it seems more restrictive and um, more censorship it's crazy. Well, you know, well, I don't, I well don't it's, it's to me you know like a lot of the comedy that's out there now is. Um, you know, even look at things like The Family Guy or The Simpsons. I mean, not so much The Simpsons. Maybe they've still got a little bit left of, of credibility. But, you know, a lot of it's poo-poo, wee-wee jokes. Or it's quite self-intelligence. It's going, look at me. I'm a victim. I'm looking, I'm a victim. But whereas reality was that satire and art that you're doing is it's no. It's, it's going, no, I'm not a victim. I'm going to literally laugh at the absurdity of the situation. Yeah. Well, I've always thought, you know, you've got to, and you've got to, when you, uh, I mean, it's not, I don't think art is about me. You know, I, I, I'm not really interested in art that's about a person talking about themselves. I'm more interested in art that's about everyone, you know, more inclusive kind of thing. Well, that, that's but what Dave, I just read him the whole hippie thing at me. Mm. <laughs> Well, I was just saying, like, David yeah. Barry recently just, I was watching one of his talks, and he said, like, you know, to do art's kind of a loony thing because, you know, the, the normal thing is to go and pay your rent and raise a family and put food on the table. And he said, to do art is to actually want to do something which is not just about protecting yourself, but you, you actually want to share the idea that there's something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And I think it's quite a compulsive act too. You know, it's a, it's an unconscious act, just like making music. I mean, making music is probably the most pure art of any art form because it's you know, stripped out of nowhere with pretty or nothing except for an instrument. You don't even need an instrument. Yeah. And, you know, it just goes way into the ether. And, and that's got to be the most pure form of creativity that I can think of, really. We, how, I mean, we, you're now in Omaru, which is you know obviously a different culture from uh, your Golden Bay experience. But that that was standing yep. like as an artist in terms of where you felt you belonged in the community and what you're trying to say in terms of people's response to that. How are you feeling about it now? Do you, do you, do you feel that people are, are are open to the ideas, or do you, are you finding that there's a, an element of stagnation and people are a little bit nervous to take on new ideas now? I, yeah, I don't know. It depends, probably depends um, where and how you're showing stuff. I, I've i kind of contracted some smooth here because I'm, I'm working full-time, which I yeah. haven't done for a long time. So I'm doing that part, um, yeah. and I'm just thinking more clever about it. But but I think, actually, down here's got a pretty good um, range of galleries and stuff. Yeah, you know, well, you do. You've got people like Donna, Donna Demente's down there, and she's absolutely wonderful, and... Um, you know, that's yeah. actually good. You know. And I mean, especially in Dunedin, some mm. of the stuff down there is fantastic. Yeah, you know, Omri is pretty quiet, but you know. It's, it is. It is. It's just. I mean, I. I honestly haven't been looked at the Dunedin galleries for a while, but you. You did go for this period where it was like actually quite edgy artwork. Um, you had uh, you know, pay, pay, um, different galleries like the the Temple Gallery that you know, Ralph Ralph Hotry, um, and it was making people explore outside of their circles. And then you know, yeah. as we got more sucked into the sort of neoliberal. Uh, you know, con job. The art, I noticed the artwork became more about pretty pictures on the wall and nice things that were nice yeah. and friendly and not too offensive. Um, yeah. Now I actually am seeing starting to see a bit of a pushback, and I guess it does give me some element of, of optimism. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that'll generally happen in any culture mm. where there's more censorship than. Artists are probably going to start, you know, going. Well, actually, you can't censor me. Well, I mean, the, the great, the great, well, you, well, you can try. The great, the great silver lining, of course, about you know the government that we've got right now is we've got you know David Seymour. Uh, Have we got one? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, good point. Well, technically speaking, by the time this goes, yeah, we should do. But you know, it's it's we've got David Seymour, we've got Chris Luxon and Winston Peters, and I kind of look at them and I kind of go, buddy, hell, that's like rumour the cat and Crichton and so like you know this stuff is made for comedy we've got to I mean for all you can say about the national government god almighty they are at least making it a lot more fun it's so much easier to laugh at it and a bunch of guys that really do look like they've come out of a, out of a, uh, a red dwarf episode <laughs> yep that's a pretty good scenario actually so that's um, Seymour is rumour, isn't it? Yeah, well, he's look. I mean, literally, if you ever look at a picture of, of David Seymour, <laughs> yep. or, or as I like to call him, yeah. David Taxmore, um, you know, he literally looks like a splitting image of of of, of rumour from Red Dwarf. And you know, <laughs> and if, if anyone hasn't seen seen Red Dwarf, it's rumour is it plays a holographic character that has an H in the middle of his forehead. But you really know that the that the producers really wanted to make it a big ill for loser, you know. Um, and of course, you know, you've got uh, Winston Peters who represents the cat, and the cat was this very vain, wrapped up in Irm's own self, and the only thing you could trust about the cat was the cat, like, thought the cat was pretty, thought he was pretty damn hot, hell yeah! And, he's, and he had nice hair, like, like yeah, Winston Peters. Yeah, and, and it said, like, you look, at, you, know, you look 
fucking Humpty Dumpty, aka Chris Luxton, and like, and he literally looks like a splitting image of Crichton, but maybe with more of a rounder head. Like, maybe you need to feel more corners on him to be look like Crichton. But you know, they really are. That's it's the red dwarf. You know, losers. Here we come to tax you some more brigade. Which is really good for for, for, um, for us, Satoas and Lampers, because it gives us such wonderful material to throw. And, and I guess that's when things do get tight. I, I guess that has always been that actually that is when naturally that lampooning becomes comes to its own, and it can really becomes one of the most powerful weapons and the best weapon that the weak have actually got at their disposal. Or, or not necessarily yeah. about the weak, the, but those who are vulnerable. I was I was um, talking to something the other day about the cartoons and the papers. Um, um, and over the last two years, how uh, insipid they've become. You know, they're just not, they're really not sort of cutting edge or or, or sort of taking the piss at all, you know. Yeah. In, in a way, they're just pirating the editorial on the paper or the latest news story. Well, it's it's a it's same situation, a case of, um, I, I know from the art, because I was part of, you know, I was on the art core fringe, but Trace Hodgkins was one of the art core, you know, core core parts of it um i interviewed him probably about 2015 and he'd given up doing cartooning because he said like i'm getting sick and tired of my editor ringing me up and saying oh the prime minister's rung up and he's really upset that you've you've taken the mickey out of me going i'm a cartoonist that's my job you know and so he said well i'm not allowed to do my job what's what's the entire point and the same thing with malcolm evans you know malcolm evans basically got you know thrown to the curb because he dared challenge the israeli military industrial complex now as i said like i i don't want to pick a side because i think you know, it's peace is peace, but the reality is when you when you t- when you looked at the record of what is that not just is of Israel but the Israeli military industrial complex, it seems crazy that people were being told, oh, you can't criticise warmongers, you know, and look yeah, where we are. Well, Actually, maybe maybe if we'd critique them a bit more, we wouldn't be where we are right now. Yeah, and it's that saying I, I'm paraphrasing and getting completely wrong, but you know, always look at the people that you can't um, criticise. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a, and there's a reason why you can't criticise well, and, and Tyler, so I think we're not allowed to lampoon anyone anymore. Well, we've actually got laws that are now passed through, which I actually I have to be careful. We may have repealed them, but I know at one point it was on the books that there was a law that you weren't allowed to film any politician in Parliament picking his nose or yawning because it was considered to be, um, you know, uh, oh no, you could, that's 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 putting our politicians in a poor light. I mean, one might actually say, well, maybe the fact that they actually haven't realised that when they come to Parliament that they represent the people that they need to behave, that's the kind of the, that's the point that we're missing and that's why we really do need yeah. to point out that they are really badly behaved children as I like to say yeah. about politicians and, How and can... basically we, we put them in there so yeah, really yeah. Well, George Cohen says, you're, you're responsible you know you voted them in you know I'm gonna think, big I'm gonna um, round up with uh, I guess that's Rob, Rob Tiny Rollins but state control Howard Pop Crimes I, I, I think I'm getting that completely oh, wrong just just that's probably good by the show yeah, yeah. that's a pretty Pretty nice, crunchy um, political band. <laughs> yeah, and who's 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 that? I mean, who who's in Discharge? Discharge, they're still going. Yeah, yeah. But is not involved in that, is he? Now I might be wrong, but I think maybe the drummer and the bass player are still the only original. Ah, okay, members. cool. And, and what's, sure what's the gist of that song? Why did you pick that one? State violence, state control. Yeah, well, well the title says it all. Really. They were they were the first real hardcore band that I heard that was 
so so political, and and a lot of their stuff was about nuclear war too. Yeah, yeah. Well, which that, and is, that's which has come full circle, you know, and, well, and, yeah. and is incredibly relevant now. Well, that, that, I mean, that's, that's the frustration. Another thing about the thing about lampooning a political clock is it's a very good way to tell history, especially visually, in a short time. Which sometimes, you know, we got people um, who haven't had the, you know, the, the the not the education, but the experiences that we have, and they don't know about nihilism, they don't know about rogenomics, they don't know about the Cold War, they don't know about the Iran Contra affair, and yeah. literally, as you said, you know, we are we are coming. It's it's it's, it's bizarre to kind of go. I've lived fifty three years on the planet, and I'm well, realizing the human race hasn't learned a damn thing. No, and the attention spans are getting shorter too, so they're just not retaining. You know, history is being changed every month, pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they don't seem to be able to retain anything from the last big news story to the next one. No, no. So well, just, that's that's the, the element of um, we. There's there's nothing called substance. We see something and it's clickbait. Move on to the next thing and forget about the thing we saw yeah. before. But there's no going going back to that of we're going to listen to a bit of music, but we're also going to have the artwork. So every time we walk up and down the hallway, we've got something to think and meditate upon, and laugh, of course. Really All right, let's, so again, name of this, this particular tune because I know I'll, I'll dyslexically get it wrong. Oh, discharge, state yep. violence, state control. Awesome. This is Ben Vigin and Dean Raymold on the Deadline Report, courtesy of Fresh FM. Have a great week, and most importantly, peace unto you all. Absolutely.
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.